Face what vagina. else do I need to say about the hooded seal? It has a face <laughs> vagina. <laughs> so does it, does, it, does it get banged on its face? I'm just kidding. You're listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. What's up, everyone, to the Dude Nature Podcast. I'm Noah, here as always with my brother, Adam, trying to stay out of the red. You are. You, you're doing perfect. Keeping the voice level and smooth. How's it going? Smooth, smooth as a cucumber. I'm Adam. Adam, this yeah, is definitely this not is the second time that we've recorded the intro. No, it's not. It's definitely not. But if it was, first time in our hearts. What were your gripes and digestion the first time? Because they were good. Uh, my gripe is when we go to this coffee shop down the street, there's always sad music playing before 12 o'clock, before noon. They were always playing Radiohead or some other equally just kind of sad, moody, downer, like get you down kind of kind of rainy Portland vibe. I don't know how they stay in their coffee shop all day. They work there for eight hours and they're just playing lose it. Sad, sad. I would absolutely lose it. And then when you kind of get in like the 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 caffeine like cone of existence with the sad music, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where you're just like that. That would be a lot for me. Um, My digestion's a little weird because I've been a vegetarian this week. I'm trying out vegetarianism, the baby inside, the man inside, the watcher who's inside of my body is experimenting with vegetarianism, and therefore my my bowel movements have been um, strange, and I feel kind of weird. What what do you call me? What do, what do you call me when I eat meat? Now you're a dirty, dirty carnivore. In fact, all <laughs> of the animals on this list that we're about to talk about, you just want to eat. to you. They're right. just I just see meat. meat. I just see meat because I'm a savage. You just see suffering. So all that all that's happening is that noise. Now I can't eat meat around you. Yeah, dying baby cow noise. That's so sad. How are your gripes? How are your digestion? Dying baby bison. Yeah. As we'll see next episode. Yeah, we will. Uh, How's how's my gripes? My gripes digestion. I want to touch on the coffee shop. We go in there to get a dirty dirty chai, to get excited, to get amped for the episode. And when we hear Radiohead and Downerism... It just it throws off my vibe, uh, throws yeah, off down- our vibe, which I which I really don't like. Yeah, okay. I hate downer. My my gripe, okay. Talking about animal rights. Talk about your vegetarianism. You guys walk your dog. Okay, if you have a dog, you walk your dog. Maybe you walk your dog with a harness if it's a larger dog. Okay, to help you. Adam has a larger dog. Walks his dog with a harness, but he never takes the harness off. That's not true. I do take the harness off at night. That's completely no, false. No, Adam never false takes the harness off. And so every time I come over, this, pain this the poor ass dog, this poor the dog, the harness is just chafing this poor, poor dog. And so I feel like I, it's PETA. It's like me and PETA come over to your house and get the harness off of your dog. Right. You're the PETA of my dog. Exactly. So I feel like an animal rights activist f- from you against you to your dog. How's your digestion? Uh, my digestion, I had just had tea this morning, so it was fine. The minute that I have caffeine or coffee, like with this dirty chai, the minute yeah. I have it, I go, which I think is a good thing, actually. Yeah. No, but it's good. like based around the stimulant. It's like completely based around. It's crazy. The minute I, I have it, I smell it. I go. I think it must. It's also the time of day. You must have the coffee at the same time of day, and therefore your body knows. You know, no, it's no, on no. Schedule. Okay. Very interesting because today, because we wanted to save save the the coffee for the podcast. It's about right. twelve o'clock right now. Right. Right. I didn't have any coffee in the morning, and I didn't go in the morning. So it's actually it's actually based around the coffee. Today was a good experiment for that. Interesting. No, what are we talking about today? Thank you. In this, in this, okay, so in this episode, this is the episode for the people. This is the episode that the people have wanted. This episode that we wanted. This is the yeah, episode this is for us. Wanted. This is the okay. episode for us. We were looking at weird animal sex examples and why they occur. 
Yeah. Okay, not sure why it's taking us till the seventh episode to get to it. Let's be honest here. You're in a dark room. I come in. Noah's watching elephants having sex on YouTube. That's a normal day. That's yeah. That's 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 a normal day. But today it was just a little bit longer than usual. Right. Okay. So this basically going to be this seg this episode's going to be one segment like that. I'm just re I'm really excited for this episode because I just feel like I mean it's a banger. This episode, literally, it's a banger. It's the episode that we want. It's the episode that people want. Yeah. Adam. Mm -hmm. Beginnings that don't suck. Okay. Yeah. You have 60 seconds to give us a history on animal sex. Okay. Right. Let's do it. And it's so good because I'm so ready with my timer. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Five. Four. Nobody starts a countdown from five. Yeah, no, they do when they don't <laughs> have their timer ready. Okay. So, so five, six, five, four, <laughs> three, two, one. Sex, mating, reproduction. These are all vital things for the survival of humans, Noah, and of course for the survival of the rest of the animal kingdom. But don't be mistaken, animals that have sex for pleasure is very much the exception to the rule, as we'll find out. Most have brutal, competitive rituals that are extremely dangerous for the female and painful intercourse and death for the males through intense competition. As we'll see, there are so many different ways to get it on, from kangaroos that have tray vaginas, vaginas, to giraffes, giraffes that taste their partner's pee to see if she is in heat. Making babies in nature can be complicated, horrifying, and beautiful in the same moment, just like regular, regular sexual. Especially when you have a penis with 20 sharp barbs at its base. End. That's it? And scene. Yeah. <laughs> 20 sharp barbs at its base. Good ending. That was great. That was an A. That was fantastic. That is what animal sex is like. Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's a wild world, okay? And that goes to my theme, actually, Adam. Sure. Okay, the theme for this episode is variety. There are nice. evolution has made animals with a million different ways to mate. There's every different thing conceivable way to mate. I think, and I think that it actually made me think more about aliens because okay. when we do find aliens, it's like, you know, we think they're going to mate like us, like a mammal, but they might have like, you can imagine the crazy sexual mating rituals that humans have. Mm -hmm. Imagine the, you throw the aliens in finger, combine, penis. combine the human and the alien sexual habits. Mm -hmm. Touch me with your finger penis. penis <laughs> Touch me with your Jagannon. Jagannon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Adam, what's your first animal? My first animal is common name, the genus, the sea slug genus. I'm um, talking specifically about nudibranchs. What is a nudibranch? Okay. They are the craziest. Nudibranch? First of all, they're the craziest looking things. They look like a white cucumber, like a jelly cucumber that they all have these large red horns. So it's like this white gelatinous cucumber with large horns moving through these coral reefs. It's an unbelievably cool looking animal. I can't believe they have horns. It looks like a little devil, little devil jelly. Little devil sea slug. Little, little devil. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sexual. Give me the sexual. Okay. So there's a lot of sexual to go into here. I can't wait to talk about sexual. Okay. So first of all, they are all hermaphroditic and it can be both sexes at once during the same copulation, which occurs in roughly 50% of the time that they bone. Both will receive sperm in this reciprocal mating process. 50% of the time they're hermaphrodites. So that means that they're both sexes. So they they're can so, be both sexes. So they're both getting the, they're getting the sperm from each other. Right. They do. They, then they swap. Do they, so because they both get their eggs fertilized, basically? Their genitalia, the, the vagina and the wiener, are in the same tube on the right side of its body. So it can switch really easily. And they're both getting sperm. From each other? Yeah. Okay, so this doesn't both... happen every time. It happens 50% of the time. Can I, can I clarify? So they're both impregnating each other, and they're both also getting impregnated? Yes. Correct. Okay, cool. Okay. So they have an absolutely brutal penis. 
<laughs> it is brutal. Described by, described by a study done in 2012 at the University of Tübingen in Germany as a string as a string shaped stylet. It looks so. It looks like a that's British for a, a little needle, I believe. It's the way I interpret it. It looks like a little um, a hook, basically. Yeah, hook penis. Yeah, hook penis. So they have four to five large hook-shaped spines at the base of the penis and 20 to 30 tiny fine-pointed spines at its top. So a lot of hooks and spines on that wiener. Okay, spiny-hooked wiener. Yeah. Like I was saying before, the penis and the vag are in the same tube on the right side of its body. So when they're uh, copulating, they match their tubes up. You know how you sleep sometimes with your with your partner in bed where like it's inverse sleeping? So one, one person's at the head of the bed, the other person's head's flipped. That's a good night. You know, yeah, that's, I like to, I've been doing that so often. I do that all the time. I literally do it every night. Now. I do that all the time. Cause you I need space. More, you have I more need space. space when I sleep. It's just, you just have way more space. By yeah. Your yeah. Head. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how they bone and they match their tubes up. Um, the sex is absolutely traumatic. In fact, scientists call it <laughs> traumatic sex. Uh, the same study done by the university of Timijin above showed that the nudibranchs will sometimes have more sex than required to make babies. But why would they do this when the sex is so brutal and sometimes even mortal for it, the female? Is it brutal because of the penis, the horn, the horn hook? You mean the four to five large hooks at the base and the twenty to thirty tiny fine hooks at the top? Right. Does that make the sexual? Yeah, it brutal? cut. It can. It like lacerates the vagina and the the soft tissue of the animal of the nudibranch. Kind of like combat. Yeah. No. It can. It, it can absolutely kill the female. Whoever is a female at that moment. Right. So it could kill either one. Totally. Because they're switching. They're, they're basically penetrating each other. Yeah. And in this study, they saw that the nudibranchs, they were having sex more than they needed to to reproduce. But they can't, we can't figure out why. Like, why would you want to have sex like that where it was risk of death for no reason? Can I open kimono? Sure, yeah. Um, are, they, are they having sex because they're kind of trying to, like, since they're both male, they're trying to compete in some way to get their sperm in? I don't know why they'd want to kill it, though, because then they wouldn't have a baby with it. I have no idea. They postulated that it was some kind of social interaction, but they're not social animals. I mean, they're solitary. We just don't know. So they just keep they so so they keep going after, and we don't know why because it's not for no it's not for pleasure. The study was done in 2012, so there hasn't been that much more nudibranch research that I found since then. It's so weird that people don't want to research this. What's your first animal? Um, my my first animal is a classic. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My first animal it's a classic, but it's a spin on the classic stuff you don't know. Okay. It's the it's the praying mantis. Okay, the praying mantis female. Shout okay. out to Gabe. Shout out to Gabe if you're listening to this. Shout out. You love a mantis. Shout out. You love a mantis. Yeah. Okay. So when, when, when they're copulating, okay, the male will climb onto the female's back. All right. During intercourse. Who's bigger, male or female? Very good question. The female is bigger. Okay. Sexual dimorphism is called when the species is different in sizes. Like humans have a solid amount of sexual dimorphism, actually. Yeah. Usually it's the male. Yeah. Usually, is it usually in the animal kingdom? Hmm. Don't know that. Don't know that. In, in humans, it's the male. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, a lot sure. of times the animal kingdom it doesn't even be the female that's bigger. Yeah, it does happen. Yeah, um, it happens in the humans. Big. How about your track record? All right. So, so, anyways, so, so the the male the male comes in the back of the female. Okay, during intercourse, the female can turn around and bite the head off the male. Really? Okay, during intercourse, after intercourse, okay, the females they like to eat the males, okay? In 20% of sexual intercourses, such an insect. Such an insect thing to do is to eat your mate. Yeah. <laughs> in 20% of mating rituals between these two, um, the male gets eaten. Okay, interestingly enough, actually, if a female eats a male, she will end up laying 25% more eggs. 
Oh, what study is this? Right. So from the from the Royal Society. Oh. Okay. The Royal uh, Society of Biology. British government. Yeah. British government. Yeah. Okay. All British. If, it, if a male gets his head eaten during sex, according to um, reproductions that they've done in the lab for this, he'll actually pump faster. Okay. So he'll keep pumping faster and they'll have intercourse for longer. If he loses his head? If he loses his head. So if she turns around and bites his head off, he'll actually do a better job of having sex than he would otherwise. He's still alive? That's a good question. I'm not sure if he's still alive or not, but the the body keeps going. Is that... So, so his, their version of rigor mortis yeah. is basically to keep humping, to <laughs> keep humping for longer. And then he won't, he will ejaculate at a later period. The sex will be better for the female mantis if she eats Why? Does, why does she want him to ejaculate later? Thank you. Very good. Okay, that gets to my point. Okay, okay, why? So I've already touched. I've already touched on one thing of the why, which is which is that if she eats the male, she'll have actually have twenty five percent more eggs. Okay, okay. So, so that's number one. Number two is because the male is pumping pumping for longer. There's a higher rate of of pregnation. Okay, and also the male wants it because if he pumps for longer, he has a better chance of removing other sperm from other rival male mantises. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. He's He's ejaculating for longer or he's pumping for longer, right? He, he's pumping for longer and then he ejaculates at a later period. Why does it matter how much you pump if there's just one ejaculate? It matters for the male because the pumping is what can remove sperm oh, from oh, other males. Oh, oh He oh. has a higher chance. So if she bites his head off, yeah. he actually has a higher chance of having babies. You got to ask him about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How he feels. He's probably pumped. He's like, I hope she bites. He is pumping. He's an insect. He's an insect. You know, he's probably like, I hope she bites my head off. If she does, I'll have a better chance of mating. So, um, bites the head off. Did you see a video of this? Is it like insane? There are brutal. I, I'll put one on the Facebook page. <laughs> I would love okay. to see a video of this. I, I watched it for a little bit. It's it's pretty sickening. Jesus, what a fucking insect. It's honestly. sickening, honestly. It's yeah. such an insect thing to do. Yeah. Um. According to Kate Berry, a biologist at Macquarie University in Sydney... Okay, the main factors that, that affect the female biting the head off, the 20% of the times the female bites the head off, are female hunger and body condition. Okay, why this is so important is because let's say that the female is about, is like super weak from just being in, I don't, I don't know, just she's, she's super weak, okay? It's better for the species if she bites the male's head off and is able to produce her eggs than if she doesn't bite the male, male's head off and doesn't produce the eggs. Yeah, no, I get it. So that's why it's advantageous. Yeah, and so it's better for her. Okay, yeah. Um, that's still really crazy. I don't understand. It's better for this. Well, I think you would ask, why is this better for the species? It's better for the species because her producing the eggs is better. Than having that male lying around because males are very expendable. Yeah, and let's say that the male is on his like his last, you know, one of his last mating things. He's going to die anyway afterward. Yeah. Consume that energy back in the Who species. Who needs a male, honestly? Who needs a male? What are we good for? Sperm. Not, not Just much. the sperm. But, and, and you don't need a head for the sperm. Yeah. Okay. I get it. Um, this also occurs in scorpions and spiders. Yeah, I'm sure it does. Those fuckers. Mm -hmm. Adam, what's your next one? Um, okay. That's so just. I wish I could Those see a video fuckers. of it biting the biting the head off the male. No, you can the watch the videos. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. You can does watch it do it? like an insect thing where it just like whoosh, like really quick. No, you can watch the video. It's it's disgusting. Because oh she's just, she's like sucking his head. It's, oh, and they have the sound playing too. <laughs> I don't know how they get the sound on these videos. They, it's not real sound. It's editing. Okay. They have sound playing and it's like. He's like. And, and he's like. He's, he's humping. He's humping and she's sucking. Sucking his body. <laughs> oh my God. The praying mantises are big too. They're not, it's not like they're that small. They're brutal. Oh my God. Okay. 
Uh, my second animal is the hooded seal. Do you know why it's called the hooded seal? That's what I call my member. Because it has a face vagina. <laughs> the hooded seal has a vagina on its face, and the male penetrates its face and ejaculates it inside its mouth, which is also what its a vagina. banger of an episode, honestly. <laughs> okay. What a banger of an episode. <laughs> Give me the more of the face Next vagina. Next animal. Sorry. Face what vagina. else do I need to say about the hooded seal? It has a face <laughs> vagina. <laughs> so, does, it, does, it, does it get banged on its face? I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, dude, come on. Okay. Um, first thing you should know about the hooded seal is that <laughs> it's really cute. The pups are so cute, it hurts my, my body when I look at the pictures of it. Like, it looks like if my dog, Blue, was the shape of an eggplant, but he was white, like a white eggplant. There's a picture of it next to a researcher where she's putting her hand her hand on the seal. Did she take the harness off, the seal? <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> an unharnessed awesome. seal. Um, and it just looks, I just want to spoon it. You know, I just want to spoon this big blubbery seal. Looks like an amazing spoon time. Um, no, it's called the hooded seal. I mean, yes, I want to spoon it, but no, it doesn't have a face vagina. You want to bang its face vagina? <laughs> I would love a face vagina. I bet there's a creature that has a face vagina somewhere out there. Keep going. Um, after the female undergoes lactation of new pups, she mates with a male who in competition with another male will blow a giant red balloon, basically the size of an actual balloon out of their nose to compete. For sexual selection. To show who is a bigger balloon? Who is a bigger balloon. So it, you, it, the sound it sounds like a balloon actually inflating. They have this giant sack in their nose, this, cavity, this air cavity that they just fill with air. And it's literally a giant red balloon outside of their nose. <laughs> and they shake it. They shake it around too. Like, and they shake it. Because, you know, it's a lot of, for seals, blubbery seals, a lot of energy to fight. Do they, they fight, fight with the balloon? They no. If they get to the fighting part, they'll suck their balloon. They'll deflate their balloons and then uh, seal fight. Brutal so, seal so, fight. So they will fight like elephant seals. Yeah, they will. They will. But sometimes the balloon is just so much bigger that they won't fight. That's a way to avoid fighting. It's to show the size of your balloon. Yeah, the size of your red is, balloon. Is your balloon uh, commensurate with size, or is there like you know, is it like? Kind of like the, the wiener. No, where it's, it's not like, a commensurate with size. You never know who's going to have a big flopper. Yeah, that's true. What's your next animal? <laughs> okay. Um, so my, my next animal, uh, this, is, this is my banger. Okay, yeah. this is my favorite one. Okay, so listen up. Mm-hmm. A family hominidae, okay, yeah. which includes us. It includes gorillas. It includes orangutans. And it includes chimps. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about. Okay, so going. We're gonna, I'm gonna go backwards through them, starting with body size. Okay, you're gonna see why I'm doing this in one second. Okay, we're gonna start with the male silverback gorilla. All right, it's over 400 pounds. Okay, it's a humongous male silverback. Okay, lives in a group consisting of several several other adult females only. It just lives with its harem. Okay, it runs around. It's a big silverback. It has a harem of women. Okay, it has no competition at all for mating. Okay, Adam, trivia question. How big of a penis do you think that that 400-pound huge gorilla has? See if you can guess it right. Uh, you think it would have like a like a like a like a two-pound penis, one-pound like penis? Like size? Let's give it. Let's give size. Size. Length. Is it like a foot-long wiener? That's what you would think, right? Yeah, it's a 400-pound gorilla. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to say the average penis size of a male silverback 400-pound gorilla is one inch. <laughs> really? It has a tiny penis. It has a one-inch wiener. So it only made it onto your list because of its tiny penis. Because it has a tiny penis. <laughs> Is there anything else? Of its body. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going through the whole family. Okay? okay. I have a whole story. But because of its body size of penis. So huge gorilla. Okay. You can just think that your penis is probably a lot bigger. 
than the male gorilla's penis. Yeah. Okay. So orangutan penises, they're basically the same as the, as the, uh, the great ape. Okay. So it, it's not like Jane Goodall walking through the woods is like, holy shit, it's bigger than my husband. Jane, what Jane wasn't there for the, uh, for the, for the phallus. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. So chimp- chimpanzee penises. Okay. They're around three inches compared to the body has 130 pounds. So we're getting, you know, we're getting better with the chimpanzee. And then there's us, the biggest penis of all in the hominidae family, biggest penis to body size ratio has, is the human penis. Mm-hmm. Which at 5.17 inches when erect, the average. Jew, the Jewish penis? The Jewish the penis would be a little penis. bigger than that. We're just talking about human, human penis. Okay. Which is at 5.17 inches when erect. The average male human weighs 175 pounds. Okay? So the human actually has a way bigger penis to body size. And actually just a way bigger penis than these humongous gorillas. A human, human male has a very large penis mm-hmm. for its body size. Okay? I just don't think that's appreciated. If a human, okay, if a human had the same ratio of penis size to body as that of a silverback gorilla, his penis would be less than half of an inch. His penis would be less than, oh, if he had the same ratio? Yeah, if he had the same ratio as the gorilla, he'd have less his, than a half of an inch His penis would be less than half of an inch long. Less than half of an inch penis. Instead wow, of so why do they have such tiny wieners? Thank you. Because they don't want to like sit on it or crush it okay. when they're naked? Ready? So, according to the Royal Society of Biological Science, it was back to the Royal Society. Yeah. Okay. In 1994, correlations can be found between primate mating systems and genitalia size. Okay. So, basically, in large, so in large groups that have many females and, and many males, there's a lot of competition to mate. Oh, be- because okay. they have single male bands. Exactly. Male and a bunch of females. So, yeah. So I'm gonna come out of this. I'm gonna finish with this one though. Okay. So let's let's take humans. Okay. Lots of males out there. Lots of females. Humans have very huge societies. Okay. Cities, countries, whatever. Yeah. Okay. You've got a lot of competition to mate. Okay. That's why a human penis is so is is larger. Okay. A larger a larger penis enables that when you are having sexual intercourse to remove sperm from other competition from the female's vagina. Okay. That's one of the reasons why you would have a bigger penis in a more com- competitive so society. You, there's another wait, reason. Wait, a penis can it removes sperm inside the vagina? Yes, like other- it can. There's there's two reasons why in a more competitive society, scientists have found that that there are bigger penises for the males. Yeah, tell me. Okay, one is that you can remove sperm from inside the vaginal tract. Okay. From other competition with a bigger penis. Yep. With, with a bigger penis. Okay. The second one. This one's, I'm going to touch on, I'm just going to touch on this at the end because there's some really interesting stuff with this one. Okay. Okay. The second, the second one is that it, it's, it's, you need to be able to pleasure your mate basically. Okay. So let's think about the gorilla. He owns like five female gorillas. He owns a harem. He owns it with his like physical strength. He doesn't need to be able to pleasure them sexually. Wait, wait, because... I think it's important to point out that the bands of gorillas, it's a bunch of females and one male, and then other kinds of bands, the males either roam alone or they roam in bachelor bands. Right. That's right. that's what I just said. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm listen, just, listen up. No, no, it is what you said. It is exactly you know what, what I said. Thank you for reiterating. Thank you for reiterating. Right. The gorilla has no competition. It doesn't yeah. need to sexually please or remove the sperm from any of its Got harem's it. vaginal no competition. tracts. Yeah. No competition. Okay. Humans, you might have to remove some sperm from the vaginal tract, and you definitely have to please sexually. Totally. Have totally to please sexually. To that. And that is why your penis to body size ratio, if you're a man, is bigger than that of a silverback gorilla. Do you think Neanderthals were, were removing sperm from that vaginal tract often? Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Because the female, female Neanderthal was like, I'm going to mate, 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 mate. Yeah, you know, monogamy has really solved this. I, 
we might get smaller penises. Okay, thank you for thank you for touching on that. Yeah. Okay. One a, a big argument against monogamy, babe. I love you. I'm not talking. It's not me. It's not me. I'm just it talking. Me. It's it's nature. Nature. Love you, it's babe. Nature podcast. Nature, nature podcast. podcast. Okay. One of the big arguments against monogamy is that the human penis is so the human testicles genitals are so big to its body size. How can we like sexually control ourselves? Okay. Again, not. Babe, right, because you. we have the big penis, and therefore, you know, right. we're supposed to be competing also, in all these vaginas. Yeah, and also, you know, given the females, they have the clitoris, a lot of stimulation there. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, right. Okay. So, I also found that this really interesting. Interestingly enough, there are papers on how the male penis size of humans actually shows that we lived in matriarchal societies evolutionarily. Whoa. Can you think this is super interesting? Matriarchal okay. means dominated by females. Yeah. Okay. So basically, male-dominated size, as we can see with the gorilla gorillas, with with little female choice, there's no need for the sexual satisfaction of females. Okay, so your penis would not need to be big. Okay, um, but what can be seen with bonobos actually to this day, the study comes from watching bonobos, yeah, which are a chips. female, which are they are yeah exactly they're another form of of monkey closely related to hom closely related to hominidae. Mm-hmm. Okay. What can be seen with bonobos is that they are a female-dominated society, and they have big penises. Be- and the reason is because in a female-dominated society, the males have to serve the female. They need to please the female in order to mate with her. So a so a big penis for humans having big penises, it can it it's actually challenging a lot of evolutionary beliefs for humans that thought that we always had male-run societies. It actually might seem that we actually had female-run societies, and that's why we have a bigger penis. Wow, that's an amazing point. Isn't that cool? So, okay, so we need to have, we since we have female-run size, the evidence for that being the big penis, therefore, to, to pleasure the yep. lady. Exactly. More often? Yes. If it was a male-run society, we would not have to pleasure the female because they wouldn't have a choice in their male. So the gorilla doesn't need to pleasure the female because it has no competition. Right. The females don't have choice. When a female has choice, the males need to build, up, build uh, the ability physically to sexually satisfy. Okay. Matriarchal society is probably where we came from. So just so interesting. So small penis gorillas, but big penis bonobos, because their bands are different. Their bands are multi-gender. Yes. Yes, because their bands have a lot of competition and they're matriarchal. Bonobos are run by females. Okay, so but why would you want a smaller penis? It just gets in the way. Like, why not have a big one? Yeah, good question. If you're if if you're a huge gorilla, yeah. Okay, there's no reason to put any of your body mass or body size to your penis. They have some to spare. They, they're, what are they, 400 pounds? Right, but you're, okay, so, but, but you're saying that. Why not have having a, a Having a big penis might take a lot of energy. Yeah. Oh. It's not just skin, you know, it might take like a solid amount of, you know, they got to walk around with it, they got to blah, blah, blah. Having a smaller penis is, is better for just like just everyday sitting. life. You could just gorilla sit. Yeah, and, and have you ever been on a plane? Yeah. 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 Okay. Absolutely. The world isn't designed for big male penis. The world bike. You ever been on a bike? You ever rode a you bike? Ever, you ever been on a bike? Yeah. Exactly. If you were, yeah, the gorilla, the gorilla is running around the jungle. He's like, I'm happy I have a small little wiener because it doesn't matter because I have sexual females that I control anyway, right? But bonobos are like, I want that large male penis. Adam, what's your next animal? Um, my next animal is the bower bird, the infamous bower bird. Okay, it's located in New Guinea in Australia. In um, British speak, a bower, which I had no idea what it means, it means it's a attractive dwelling, according to Merriam-Webster Dictionary, or a residence, or a lady's private apartment in a medieval castle. That's a bower. Okay, so these birds, bowers, they're very different. 
from all 18 species of birds. They're usually defined by two grand like avenues of sticks leaning into each other. The end of the avenue opens up to a kind of display area for this big mating dance. So, main dance. Yeah, main dance. So what happens is after undergoing several rounds of inspections, the female bower bird chooses the male with the best bower, and then he dances for her. Does a little dance to seal the deal. Male structures are also routinely attacked and sabotaged by other competing males. Okay, so he builds a little hut. He builds a little hut for her, and she goes around, and she judges his hut. And if she likes the hut, she comes over to the hut, and then he goes out to, like, his play area. Like, they literally clear an area and put, like, stones on it, and he does his dance on top of the play area. I'm really glad you got birds in there. Got one bird in there. Yeah, we got at least one bird. Birds have great mating They have great mating stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Also about about the bower bird is that some of the different species will take different colors. So it's really common that a lot of the species of bowers will just take the color blue and put blue to decorate their bower and decorate their like dancing area. So she'll pick the bird that has the most blue. And with scientists, again, big day for German studies. The German Economic Institute, the Max Planck Institute for Tax Law. I have no idea how they got into biology. Tax law, huh? Yeah, but but here they are. When they put red um, stickers next to the next to the huts, the lady bowerbird would not choose those huts. She would only choose the ones with blue. So she loves blue. Some species just like a specific color, and so he has to go find like blue material, like blue stones or like blue blue paper clips to put into his bower. And in the in the play area when he dances, yeah. does he put it in the bower in the play area? He puts it in the play area and in the sticks. <laughs> so, if I was a, can you explain? If I was a human, what would this look like? If the humans were bower birds, I was trying to mate with a. Human oh, we yeah, we act like bower birds all the time. Give it to me. If you're human, like you, um, what if you're a fucking sick dude? You have a sick sick apartment, you know. But you gotta exactly. have some interior design skills, right? You gotta have like a nice neutral color you gotta or have like a beach theme right if it's like red if it's just red what if your female bowerbird comes into your apartment and there's just pizza boxes everywhere you know and you got like some video games going on the screen and you know it's not great and your bros are there and they smell she's gonna be like this is not someone who i want to associate with she wants a clean bower she wants a clean bower right immaculately put together and then you dance for her yeah and then you dance for her right um, so it's a, it's a long process for the males to get the female bowerbird, but it's cool because she, you know, gets to judge how good the male is at providing, basically. Um, the last thing I'm going to say about the bowerbird is in the German study from the Max Planck Institute for Tax Law and Public Finance, another section sought to show the economic advantages of male bowerbirds conducting sabotage with lots of unbelievably stupidly high-level math and many assumptions <laughs> that show that sabotage is advantageous for the males because of the noise induced into the female's decision-making. So basically, because her decision-making is imprecise, because she can't see the relative strength of the male, she has to choose one of them, and it gives the males an excuse to not have built such a genius structure or have a great dance. So she won't be incentivized not to pick one of them. Yeah, I know. So, Does so, that okay. make any sense? Yeah, so let me run that back. My dog, stop making noises, dog. Yeah, I know. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to run this back. So she, it doesn't matter when they sabotage? No, it, it's why the males do, why sabotage is actually advantageous for the males. It's because she can't judge them. Like, if they didn't sabotage, she could just judge them on the relative strength because there'd be nothing wrong with the structures. But because they sabotage, 
they might not be showing their best work. And therefore, if they're both their best works are not like A plus level, she, they have an excuse basically. So she has to pick one of them. If we like, okay, mm. the metaphor is- They would if, never mate, you're saying. If, they would never you, mate. Yeah, they'd never mate. If, you, if both of us submit a paper, right? And the teacher knows we are both sabotaging each other's papers, like deleting lines of Google Docs or whatever. She can never know our true grade on the paper, which means she is more likely to pick one of us than tell us to write them. She can't tell us to rewrite the papers because we've been sabotaging them. You know? Okay. You know what? Don't think about it too hard. <laughs> no, I get I got it. I got the analogy crazy. actually threw me off. Once again, it. not a biologist study. Max Planck Institute of Tax Law in Munich, Germany. Boy, you dug for that one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and scene for the bird. And What's now the next one. Um, okay. Uh, so the whiptail lizard. Whiptail right? lizard. Ladies. Ladies, this one's for you. Talking about matriarchal societies. Okay. Love it. Okay. Matriarchal societies. The whiptail lizard is an all-female species. What do you mean? Not it, it is not just female dominated. It is literally the entire species. There are no males it's in the species. It's not a hermaphrodite. They're they are not only they are not only not hermaphrodite. They're just female. What a lizard! The entire species is female. There are no males in it. Yeah. Okay. They've gotten rid of the male. Okay. They reproduce asexually without the need for male fertilization or for normal hermaphroditic, like the sea slugs, male stuff. How? So how do they do it? Love it. Okay. How does this come to be? Scientists. Okay. So scientists think that the New Mexico, New Mexican whiptail, which is the subject creature I'm talking about, is, is the result of two other similar species of lizard that made it producing a hybrid that can't reproduce. Okay. So easier way to think about this. Okay. Horses, donkeys, okay. Mules, horses and donkeys produce a mule. Okay, a mule is a legendary pack animal, but it cannot reproduce. Biggest problem with the mule, legendary pack animal. Legendary. Legendary pack animal. Love a mule, okay? It cannot make any more mules. Cross between a horse and donkey. So usually what happens when when this happens is that they can't make any more. They're done. The line is done. However, for the New Mexican whiptail species, they're able to clone themselves. So just in a random freak accident, Two lizards that were kind of related mated, and they created this lizard that was able to clone itself. Okay. Um, so the the danger the dangers of this. Okay, one of the biggest things that one of the biggest things that scientists can't understand is that this creature should have died off because they're not mutating their genes enough. Since they're just cloning themselves, so disease. So uh, basically, yeah, a disease should wipe out one disease that that one was susceptible to should wipe them all out. At the Stowers Institute for Medical Research, they found that lizards start the reproductive process, the cloning process, with twice as many chromosomes as species that mate with Wait, two partners. What is the chromos- What is the mate of the um, cloning process look like? It's not like they have cloning vats. Like, what are they doing? How are they? Cloning? I know. I know. I looked. I, I, I looked a ton into this. It's. It's. It looks like in like impregnation. Like they just have, they're just pregnant. They have they have the liz. Okay. But. It's it's not it's different than a hermaphroditic. It's actually a, a clone. How do they fertilize like the egg? Not sure. I looked a lot. I'm telling you, I I, I couldn't find it's it. It's just a copy of their DNA. It's a copy of their DNA. However, their DNA has twice as many chromosomes as normal creatures' DNA, as like us when when we when we reproduce. So okay. for some reason, they have way more chromosomes. So why why aren't they extinct? Okay, so. Because of the extra chromosomes, yeah. what they do is they they match when they have a baby, they have a clone. They match the most separate chromosomes to each other to create some kind of diversity. They match the separate chromosomes to each yeah, other. Yeah, we're gonna get real chromosomey. You know, we could go down. Uh huh. Okay. 
Um, also, a reason that they've survived, they have actually survived very well, is because the disadvantages from being susceptible to any kind of diseases, it's overrun with one creature, one of the lizards can, can propagate. You don't need to find a mate. You don't need to do a mating ritual, a mating dance, a mating whatever. You can just propagate by your, you can just clone by yourself. Okay. You can just sit and clone. Yeah. Um, further questions I have, I couldn't find the answer to. Why aren't any males born? Mm-hmm. So they are all female species, but shouldn't they have males? Yeah. Okay. What's, I, the answer to that? What's the answer to that? I don't know. That's a further question I have. That's a question for the people. Why are there no male whiptail lizards? Why born? would there be no males born? Because, okay, so the one thing I read, which was inconclusive, said that the male, that, that has basically died off because the males can't clone. Mm-hmm. The males can't clone. And so they've eventually just died. They've died off. I mean, yeah, they're going to die at some point. Right. But like, that doesn't make any sense. The females are going to die too. No, 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 no. The females can clone. Yeah, no, I know. But I know. why would they only have female clones? Yeah. Because they're a clone. That's, isn't that why? I mean, just because they're a clone with the same DNA, they should still have some X's in there, right? Or some Y's, I mean. They don't. They're they're all females. Crazy shit. We're going to have to... That's crazy shit. It is crazy shit. It's honestly wild. I think that... I remember another animal doing this kind of cloning process, but I forget what it is. Being just females. And now I'll never know. All female species. Yeah. Adam, I'm going to move my dog out of the room. (laughs) Okay. What's your your next animal? Uh, My next animal is the red-sided gartner snake. (laughs) <laughs> Noah right now is taking his dog who's very res- doesn't want to get off his blanket right. and trying to get out of the room in the winter <laughs> yeah give me more about the baiting ball in the winter they hibernate in limestone cracks and then come the summer the males come out for two weeks and they get ready to go they get their blood flowing and then two weeks later the female comes out and they all all the males hundreds of males swarm one female who's much bigger than them and it forms this ball of snakes, which is pretty terrifying. Like a dance floor. Yeah, like a dance floor. Exactly. And the males, exactly because the males try to rub their body and get into the perfect position to penetrate the female snake. It's like, it's like a hundred males trying to get with this one female and these little male heads and this one female just trying to like get away from them. It's horrible. That's horrible. It's absolutely brutal. The males also emit a deoxygenating breath to slow the female struggling. It's pretty awful. It's a good thing we have evolved way past this kind of stuff. Okay, so <laughs> it's brutal. So what what drives the female? I'm just I'm just curious if if the mating is so brutal, is yeah. the is the like the need to reproduce so strong that it makes her go through this process? Yeah, I mean absolutely right. Every animal wants to reproduce, so she's to like survive and reproduce. So she's like this process is horrible, but I have to go through it. Why is that process advantageous for the species to go through something that brutal? To be so horrible? Yeah. Um. I have a guess why. Why is the process of mating so horrible and brutal for some species? Because of the I mean, because the males want their sperm to go through, right? They don't well, want the other male's sperm. I, and it helps the species survive. That's if the I mean. strongest male can get in there and do his thing, the species will get better. So it's natural selection. So it actually helps the species. That's what I'm saying. So basically in the in the snake ball, the strongest male or the right. slitheriest will get in there. Right. Or the slitheriest will get in there. Or, you know, in modern society, like whoever, um, you Go, know, goes behind the girl. Yeah. 
yeah, on the dance just kind of gets ready who, to who goes dock. behind and does the little does thing. the little like docking can maneuver. I, can I dance with you? Can I dance with you? Whispers in her ear, can I dance with you? And she's can like, I dance with oh you? and she runs away. She's like, no. <laughs> Friends are like, she has a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, red-sided gardener snakes. Okay, so mating ball. That's that's a brutal. The deoxygenating breath is really rapey. Yeah, it is. T- it's very rapey. The whole thing is. Rapey. Yeah, that is. That's a lot. Reptile, reptiles and insects. They give no fucks. What's your What's your next animal? Before I get to my next animal, insects and reptiles. Yeah, they're on a different conscious level than mammals. I think totally. It's completely different. Something's going on there. Something's going on. Yeah. Insects have hive mind. We gotta do a hive mind episode. Okay. Um, my next animal. This is a good one. Talk about talk about mammals. Porcupines. Okay. Adam, stop typing. Por- por- porcupines are the second largest rodent in North America. Okay, the be- the beaver being the number one, and they're solitary creatures. Females are are only fertile fertile from eight to twelve hours a year, and they must mate during that period. Okay, very solitary creature. They got it. They have eight to twelve hours a year to mate. They must mate during this. Okay, there's a lot of urgency at them. They're only in heat or estrus for eight to twelve. They're hours. only in estrus for eight to twelve hours a year. The porcupines. Damn, that's worse than pandas. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get these things to mate. Okay. Por- and they're not very like they're not very social porcupines. They're solitary. <laughs> they don't really like each other. Okay, perfect. As you can probably, they're a little spiny. So yeah. they're a little thorny. These these are tough. Yeah. To attract a male, the female leaves a trail of vaginal mucus and urine, which the male digs. Okay, he smells her vaginal mucus and urine. Okay, he comes. All all of them come over. Once the males once the males get to the female, they they engage in a battle. Oldest rose known as <laughs> oldest rose known as the porcupine king. Okay, he collected 1,474 quills one night after a battle between three males over a female. So they just get the males get together and they just quill each other. And the males get in the battle, the big battle, not the female. No, the female just watches while the males battle. Okay. As soon as the male becomes victorious and wins, the, oh, this is this is this is the banger. Okay. As soon as the male becomes victorious, as soon as he wins the fight. He walks over to the female with a fully erect porcupine penis, and he proceeds to soak her with his urine in a spray forceful enough that it shoots six feet. <laughs> oh my so God. he's done fighting. He gets an erection. Yeah. He waddles over. He stands up on his hind legs and sprays her down with urine. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. So sometimes males will actually climb a tree, uh, get up on a branch, and then they will douse the female from a branch. <laughs> no, they won't. The porcupine what? king says that when you're watching the pee, yeah, it's it's actually it's it looks more like an ejaculation than a pee, because it is. It's like a sexual. Well, it's urine, so the liquid is urine. But when you when you're watching it, it looks more like an ejaculation than a pee. I've tried to imagine this a lot. Uh huh. So it's like ejaculating but peeing. It's mm-hmm. like a like an orgasm. They're like having an orgasm. So while it's, a, it's a pee ejaculate. Uh, a pee. They pee ejaculate on the female, but it doesn't have sperm in it, does it? It does not. It's it's urine, straight urine. But he's basically he's so sexually aroused that he's ejaculating. Uh-huh. Pee, no, but it's pejaculate. But it's pejaculate. It's right, pejaculate. So, uh, then what happens? It's pejaculate. If the female is not receptive to the male when she's peed on, she will scream at him. Porcupines have like big screams. She'll scream at him or run and bite him. <laughs> and then he knows that after he pees on her, after he pees on her, after he ejaculates on her, and then he'll know that she, she didn't like it. So, um, porcupines, they, they're actually like the reason I, the reason that I could get that, that this happens porcupines, they're, they're basically, they're un, uh, unrapeable. Mm-hmm. They have like a closed vaginal hole that has thorns in it. 
Oh, cool. And and porcupines, you know, they so they cannot they cannot be forcefully made to have sex. Yeah. Um, and because they they're only open to sex eight to 12, 12 hours, the male has to urinate on the female to induce her into sexual behavior and actually open her vagina hole, so it's even possible for them to do it. Wait, he has to urinate on her to get her to get her going. That's what people think. People still don't. The scientists still don't totally know why she gets pejaculated. Okay, what's chapter three? So we we fought, we pejaculated, and then and, and then, then they bone after. If how she's does it receptive. work with all the spines? How does it work with all the spines? Yeah, she it's like a she like gets up on her hind legs, and because she's receptive to it, and she's been pejaculated on, her vagina opens and is not thorny, not covered, not thorny. Okay. I thought I liked that one. Did you like that one? She's receptive. Yeah, that that was an amazing one. <laughs> pejaculate? I can't believe the six foot pejaculate. That's what it takes for them to mate. They're not very nice creatures, the porcupines. Why do you say that? What uh, makes you think they're not nice? They're very solitary. Um, they're non-social. They're non-social. So I think for non-social creatures, mating is is very very difficult. So such as yeah. in Planet Earth, you can see the the, the mountain lions. Yeah, they're not. They're solitary creatures, and they really have a trouble getting together to mate. To cooperate to mate. Yeah, kind of like you know. If you're staying at your house in, in Corona and you haven't seen another human being for months and then you go out and see someone and you're just like, oh, I don't know how to speak. Yeah, exactly. Like, Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hi. Hi. Sh- shake my hand. How are you? How? Yeah. Yeah. Ha. Yeah. Ha. Me in an elevator. Um, okay. My, my last animal is, I, I tell you, I was researching Nudibrox and I found something absolutely so goddamn disturbing that it took me completely out of my fifth animal. I'm and excited. instead, I researched something else. Oh, really? And this doesn't have to do with mating. This is just something so fucking disturbing. I had to share it on this podcast. Oh, this is your last one? That's good. Okay, This is cool. the last one. Cool. Okay. There is a creature. I'm not going to give away mm-hmm. its common name because it will give away what it does. In the water, specifically reefs, it is a lice-like creature. And what it does, it's a little bit smaller than a roach. The cockroach size? It climbs into the mouth of fish. It attaches its mouth part to its tongue. It sucks the blood from the fish's tongue until the tongue is totally ground down to a nub. Then it sits in the fish's mouth for the rest of its life and acts as its tongue. It's a parasite. What the fuck? It's called the tongue-eating louse. The most disturbing part is when you see pictures of these fishes with their mouths open, because you know the fish, they open their mouths a lot. You just, the mouth of the fish is open and you just see a pair of eyes inside of its mouth. And that, oh. it's so disturbing. Oh my God. And often there's a male and a female louse in there. The male attaches itself to the left side, the female on the right side. And there's two big roaches with, with black eyes inside these fish mounds. They're big. They're, it's not like they're small. They're like a, they're like a little smaller than roach size. You know, they're big and they just sit there and they act as the tongue and they eat the food that comes in. So they break up food for the fish, like the tongues. The fish gets the food, but then they get some of the food too. It's the only parasite that like replaces an organ. That's horrible. And seen. That's horrible. Yeah, it's absolutely terrifying. You should see pictures of this thing. The tongue eating louse. I don't want to see pictures of this What's your fifth animal? That is really, really, really really, really horrible. Where do they live? Um... I bleh. I think they're pretty widespread. Do does it make? Them- oh, oh, uh, they live in uh, in the Caribbean, and there was one found in Europe, which makes climate scientists believe that the louse is spreading. 
Fuck that. Yes. All the bad creatures always spread. I know. It's always like all the cool ones They're are dying. Such motherfuckers. All the cool ones are dying. And the Wait, things that it's so blow. disturbing. These pictures. I oh my god. Kept me up at night. Can you please share your fifth animal so we can stop talking about That's the last? Awful. Yeah. All right. Um. My okay. So my my fifth animal is is the anglerfish. Yeah. Okay, and the perfect. mystery of mystery the anglerfish. You finally went to the deep. Okay, we finally, finally looked. It's deep. taken until episode eight. We finally gone to the deep. Okay, yeah. um, the mystery of the anglerfish. So right. scientists for for forever, the only anglerfish. Again, these fish live thousands of feet, an average of six thousand feet below the surface. So they're way, 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 way down there. It's we can't really do that much research down Mile there. Mile deep. Very difficult to do research down there. Yeah. Scientists, um, they kept the only angle anglerfish that they would find in their submersibles were female. They could not find a male. They couldn't find a, a male. This is a whiptail situation. No, 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 not a whiptail situation. They could only find females, but every female they found had this very weird lump on their body. Uh huh. They're like, why? What's this lump? Like, what's this lump? Like, we're only finding females. What's this lump? And this was for years. Okay, for years this was happening. Okay, females can be more than 60 times longer and half a million times heavier than males. Males spend their lives looking for a female. And anglerfish, if you have it in your head, oh, right. everyone's seen a picture of an anglerfish. It's the one with the big teeth that lives in the deep that has the, the hook, the the thing with the light, right? The little lantern. Everyone knows the lanterns. The cla- it, it's the classic deep sea fish. Yeah. Classic deep sea fish. So a male anglerfish, if the male does not find a female within a few months of when he is born, he dies. When a, male, when a male does find a female, okay, what happens is that he lashes onto her. He then produces enzymes that degrade the tissue boundary between their two bodies. The male will even connect his circulatory system to that of the females. He connects everything, digestion, circulatory system, nutrients, everything. After fusing with her in this way, the male doesn't stay on, the, on this form, actually. He completely degrades and becomes and, and basically loses his... Like loses his individuality if you if you if you, for better lack of a better word, and he becomes this lump on her, this lump that survives and just produces semen, <laughs> and just produces semen for her whenever she wants to mate. Wait, he she can like t- can she control his semen? Yes, he becomes like a semen valve. So when she when she wants to mate because they're connected, yeah, she just pumps the semen. She in. presses the semen button. Yeah, so he becomes like a little semen lump. He becomes little more than a lump of and, flesh, and that's it. And then, and then he just totally disintegrates. Yeah. So there's no other. There's not another example of like he's an individual creature. This male. Yeah. He attaches onto her and actually just like becomes like a non-living thing for the rest of his life. For the rest of his life. Well, his life. It's like does he does his life end? It's still living the lump, but it's not like a separate. It's not like a. It's more like an organ. Mm-hmm. He was so he's basically the male's born separately. And becomes an organ for the female. Stage five clinger situation. Absolute state. Next time there's a stage five clinger, they're trying to lump you. Yeah. They're trying be, to become be your aware lump. of a lump. So why do why do they do this? Um, yeah. this is this is my this is N Weitzman 2020. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it's so dark and they don't actually know why males do this, but because it's so dark and desolate where they live, it might be extremely hard to find a mate. So allowing the male to attach and basically become a lifeless barnacle solves that problem. Yeah, I totally get it. Right. So the male is born and his he's born, he's like, I gotta I gotta go lump. Okay. Sarah, this is for you. New York has lots of mates. Okay, so you don't need to lump anyone. That's right. Okay, sister. No no need to lump. Message for our sister. Yeah. Okay. Everything's fine. Okay. 
Adam. Yeah. Open. Let's go open kimono. Let's go open kimono sure, on, let's on an animal sexual or Sarah sexual. Okay. Open kimono. Animal sexual. What a wide, crazy world there is, and what a what a crazy amount of diversity in how animals reproduce. Crazy, and crazy amounts. You know, some of it is absolutely brutal. I think that we've evolved. To, I'm happy with the way we evolved to a good place. I feel like humans are in a we good place. We have the nicest sex. Our sex, like for the, you know, the way it's supposed to be is nice and pleasurable and everything's good. For the most part, our, our sex is the nicest and most pleasurable. Yeah. Good the, for us. These creatures are just, it's brutal. Savage. Savage. Absolutely. Savage. How was your open kimono? What does your kimono say? Um, no, I agree. I think that it goes, it goes back to the theme. It's the crazy variety, the crazy variety of animal sex. There's just so much weird animal sex. It's just all over the map and things that you would never imagine. Shout out to Matt. It didn't work out. <laughs> Shout out to Matt. But that doesn't did, mean that you can have some out. diverse, crazy Doesn't sex mean with that you else. can't have diverse sex with others. You know, don't need to lump onto someone. You don't need to be a hermaphrodite. You don't need to be a whiptail and impregnate hey, yourself. You know what? Shout out. Shout out to sexual intercourse yeah. for humans because yeah. it's it's been enjoyable. And you can imagine that, you know, if if us males, if we were just gonna go lump on some female and become like a non existent thing, that would suck. So you know what I'm grateful for today. I'm yeah. grateful for how sex works for humans. Shout out to Sister Sarah and Matt, you know? Shout out to Sarah and Matt. Didn't work out. <laughs> you know? You hey, don't have a face vagina. Adam. Like a hooded seal. Yeah. Adam, where can... Uh, what is the one thing that people should do that listen to this podcast? Guys, Give the one, one thing. thing that you could do to support the podcast, if you love the podcast, only if you love the podcast, and of course you love the podcast, is to subscribe. So on your phone, whatever app you're using... Any way possible, click the button that lets you know when a new episode comes out and then listen to that episode. Wherever you listen to podcasts, just subscribe because that'll let you know when a new episode comes out. Guys, guys, we love you guys. We'll we you we will put some pictures on the Facebook group. Good luck There's out there in the wide world of Good luck out there reproducing in variety. Yeah, absolutely. Having sexual variety Don't be out of there. Your variety. Don't be ashamed of your variety because if... You know, if say, say, hey, I would like to pejaculate on someone from the top of a tree. Hey, I'd like to climb the tree and pejaculate. You go ahead and do that. Is that weird? Hey, no, I'd like to experiment with face vagina. Yeah. You do that. Rolling a balloon out of my nose. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.